Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Buker and Friends podcast. Here is your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buker. Rick Buker. Welcome to another episode of Buker and Friends, part of the United Wecast Network. I'm Rick Buker. You can see me on FS1. You can read me on Bleacher Report. You can also hear me on Radio.com and Intercom Terrestrial Stations. You can follow me on Twitter at Rick Buker and on Instagram at Rick underscore Buker. It is my great pleasure to uh, have our guest for today, one Kent Bazemore from the Portland Trail Blazers, the veteran guard Kent Bazemore. And I have to tell you, Kent, I... When I walked into the Blazers locker room and I saw you and you said hello, I was like, damn, it was just yesterday <laughs> there was this fresh face in the Warriors locker room and now you're the KG right. vet. It's, it's, what ha- dude, where'd the time go? What happened? It, it is, it has flown by to say the least, man. Like it's, it's been a blur of sorts. Um, you know, going from the Bay Area and down to SoCal for a little bit, spending the last five years in Atlanta. Yep. And now I'm back on the east, West Coast, Pacific Northwest, uh, playing for the Trailblazers. And it seemed like it happened that quick. So for those who aren't completely familiar with Bayes' story, uh, undrafted in 2012, uh, was I think with the Thunder and Summer League and then the Warriors. And I, I got to tell you, man, I just I look at the career that you've had and what you've been able to do and as an a, a undrafted cat out of out of old dominion it's uh you're one of those success stories that i think every kid dreams about i don't know how much feedback you get but you know the guys that aren't the you know the first round picks that aren't the touted mcdonald's all americans like you're the you're the kind of story that gives all those kids hope that hey you know what i can still make it if i uh if i do the right things and i land in the right place yeah, it's funny you say that. Uh, my agent came, my agent Austin Walton came to town probably about a month ago, and we were going over just like, uh, you know, the draft classes and the second round picks that were still in the NBA from when I came in up until now. And, you know, it's it's not a lot. I think the most, the, the most class had like seven or eight second round guys that are yeah. still in the NBA, so... I mean, that door is, is forever evolving and, um, you know, finding a niche and sticking, uh, is, is hard. You know, it's, 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 it's 
I think it's harder to stay in today than it is to get in, you know, with so many picks, 60 draft picks and summer league and the G league, all the exposure now. Yeah. Uh, I think staying in is, is, is crazy and really seizing that opportunity. So how much the fact that you started with the Warriors and they weren't at the point where, you know, they were just beginning their, their journey to, to ultimately what they became, but what was it like, how, how instrumental in looking back was it that you were in a locker room with Steph and Clay and some of the guys that, that went on to, to win rings? Well, I think it was I, that's that's like such an underrated thing now in today's game with so many young teams, you know, average age being you know twenty five, twenty six. You know, that's just so young. I came into a locker room with uh, Andrew Bogut, Andres Bezerin, Richard Jefferson, Carl Landry, Jared Jack. Yeah, uh, and I had you know I had so many you know older guys that, that had been around for so long. Uh, Jermaine O'Neal, the second year. Andre, Andre Iguodala came over the second year uh, before I left. So I was just around a lot of guys, and I, you know, I was very, uh, you know, I was, I was very impressionable as a, as a young guy. Most young guys are, but you see the way these guys carry themselves, how they, uh, you know, how they took care of their bodies, and how they just went about their work, and uh, some of the stories they told, you know, about some of their pitfalls, and just learning from all of that, and it, and you know, without even knowing, it kind of shapes you. Yeah, and uh, you know, I had the opportunity to kind of sit in that role uh, last year in Atlanta with all the young guys, and um, you know, still keeping an eye on them this year. It's just good to see them kind of coming to their own. Well, now you were you were instrumental in your way those early years too. People give you credit for hooking up Steph with Under Armour, and and also mm. hooking up Old Dominion. I know that they've retired your number a couple years ago. Yeah. Uh, when mm-hmm. when are they building the Kent Bazemore statue? Because because uh. <laughs> because what you delivered <laughs> for that program for the the UA dollars that came in, man, what they built like they yeah. built a new gym, right? I mean, yeah, you was, set them up, gym. yeah, yeah, man. I, I just you know just another way of kind of using your platform. Uh, dreaming big, you know, yeah. the thing, the whole uh, Under Armour stuff thing was like a shot in the dark. Like, you know, I was just last year with Nike. I was just a, you know, undrafted guy with 19 boxes of Under Armour products sitting in my <laughs> hotel apartment. I mean, my, uh, my, my, my first apartment. Right. So I'm wearing new stuff every day. Right. You know, I'm just ripping up plastic bags. There's plastic bags all over the house, not doing any laundry. <laughs> I got laundry up to my ears and just new stuff that I wore only once and, you know, I'm like, dude, like, you know, you could be the face of this brand. You know, I was just feeling out all this stuff, having no idea. I hadn't talked to anyone in Under Armour. Right. And, you know, you fast forward, you got this, this seventh shoe out. You know, it's, it's, yeah. It's pretty yeah. remarkable. Have you have you ever, and I know you guys, you guys are continue to be close, right? I mean. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Have you Have you ever talked to him about his shoes? Like, dude, those were fire. Or, dude, that's not you. Have yeah. you have you ever oh, discussed sure. ultimately where he's taken the brand? Yeah, I mean, I, I've uh, so I think two summers ago he did his uh, elite camp and um, and uh, the Bay Area. I came out uh, for a day and a half, and because uh, I don't really get to see him much in the summer, you know, he's busy, and then you know, I got my own life too. So right, uh, it's just good to kind of you know spend some time with him, work out with him a little bit, and 
uh, I was able to see, you know, the set, uh, his new shooter just came out and um, it's just cool to kind of hear how much knowledge he now has, you know, in that realm, yeah. you know, cause when we first started out, they were kind of bringing stuff to him saying, Hey, this is what we're looking for. But you know, you know, stuff's a, a brilliant guy and you know, anything he, you know, kind of gets his hands on, he, he really dives in, you know, he's all in and, uh, just to hear him talk about, you know, how certain shoes felt and what he's looking for out of the next shoe is just, it's cool. And it's, it's cool to see the team, you know, everyone there, uh, kind of brainstorming together because, you know, this is a, you know, guy they took a chance on, you know, um, Steph was having, you know, all those injuries and stuff yeah. early in his career with his, with his ankles and stuff. So it was a, it was a leap of faith on both sides and, um, they worked tirelessly together to, you know, to, to kind of, uh, now it's looking, you know, fast forward, it's kind of an afterthought. You know, obviously he has the wrist thing now, but uh, the guy's playing at a, at a remarkably high level. So to to that end, I mean, you knew him when he was trying to get over those early ankle issues. How do you, how do you think he's handling this whole hand wrist thing? Because he's been pretty low profile since since it happened, and obviously this hasn't been a uh, a good season overall for the Warriors, but I just I feel like one you know he's he he has he's he's been through this with something tough like this before, but this is in another way it's a completely different kind of of injury and I would think when you're a shooter yeah. or whatever having anything happen with your wrist or your hands even if it's your offhand is like you got to work through some things right yeah. in terms of just getting past the, yeah. uh, a, a lot mentally as well as physically yeah. But I, but I think the thing I think that I love about Steph is like you know his mentality is is you know he never really wavers you know he's a even kill guy uh, and he lives for challenges you know uh, even if it's you know winning back to back NBA championships or dealing with a wrist injury he's going to find a way to keep himself uh, you know sharp and <clears throat> I spoke to him and you know he's talking about. Just the fact that he gets to spend so much time with his family now. Yes. Um, you know, obviously his wife travels a lot. She does a lot. She's doing her thing and she's killing it. And, um, you know, with him being on the road during the NBA season all the time and, you know, Asia tours and Olympics and all this stuff, I said, dude, like, I told him, I said, man, the last 10 years of your life have been crazy. Like, yeah, yeah I think you deserve this break, you know, like just to get away from the game a little bit and really reconnect and, uh, he does a good job with that stuff. I learned a lot from him in that aspect too, of like really balancing uh, like family and basketball. And um, I think this this year he's just seized the opportunity to you know kind of you know build up his off the, off the court stuff. Um, I saw the day that he's he's starting a uh, AAU team, mm-hmm. uh, boys and girls. So just working on small projects like that, keeping himself busy, and you know really diving into you know the relationship with his wife and his kids. Yeah, and that's the thing, and I, I'm not going to say who told me, but someone who knows Steph well, and I it just was happenstance. We were talking about this earlier in the year after the injury, and they said I I don't think he's going to play. He's going to play again this year, and it wasn't that he like he couldn't or he didn't want to, but it was it was exactly what you said. Like he's just been consumed with basketball all this time. And he's gonna. He wants to play in the Olympics this summer. And the thought was like, dude, just give yourself a nice stretch. I mean, it's not like the team's accomplishing anything right now, right? Like, just hit the total reset yeah. button. And 
And then but he that, came that's out. That's the other thing. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, that's the other thing about Steph. Like, he, I mean, it's hard for him to sit down. Like, yeah. dude, he is an absolute animal. Like, his his energy levels is is, is off the charts. And um, I, I I haven't talked about him. I haven't talked to him about coming back and playing this year. But if it's up to him, I mean, I don't know. I think he he'd probably try to go out there and give it a go, man. Yeah, the, the dude is just the ultimate competitor. And, um, I mean, he just doesn't know how to like yeah. sit down. He really, yeah, he really doesn't. Yeah, no, he he. Um, I mean, he he had he came out and he he had a a press conference where he said he was going to try to play. He's going to try to play in the spring, and I'm looking at him going, "Okay, spring <laughs> is like mid March, third week of March. We're so you're right. going to play like the last two three weeks of the season. You know, most people scoffed at that, but as you said, knowing Steph, I could see where. He would bust his ass yep. to come back and just play yep. like four or five games just mm-hmm. because it gives him that target of I want to get back, I want right. to have a reason to right. to to get right. back and it's it's not doesn't matter where the team is. Um you mentioned that you were young and impressionable when you came in uh into the league and there was the um for those who were following the team at the time, uh, they pulled a, a rookie prank on you. They fi- they filled your car with popcorn, right? Yeah. To the yeah. to to the brim, and I remember talking to you afterward, and you were saying like, uh, you know, you turn the AC on, and every now a colonel comes shooting out, <laughs> shooting yeah. out from that time after Dude, you cleaned it, was- it out. But I also, and I don't know, I. I I got the sense that uh, while you accepted the prank, that there was something that bothered you about it. Like I, I felt like you were just there was something about it that, and I'm maybe I'm reading way too much into this, but no, I was, I was definitely upset. Okay. I was, I was so upset. You know, like, um, you know, but you know, what do you do? You got, you got all these vets. You know, all this time and money and. Uh, and I, I, I probably, I probably warranted what happened. You know, I was, uh, I would play one-on-one with Richard Jefferson after practice. And, you know, I would get a little chirpy and uh-huh. some of my little slick comments here and there. So I was probably warranted what, what came to me. Right. So it was a nice piece of humble pie. And, you know, as you know, no one likes humble pie, you know? Sure. Uh, so I was definitely, I definitely wanted to, to get back, you know, but you know, it wasn't a smart thing to do. So. Those situations like that, you just kind of got to take on the chin. And like looking back, I'm glad I didn't do anything. Cause, yeah. Uh, I mean, these guys are really, really, really creative. <laughs> no telling what would have happened after that. <laughs> so, um, when you sold the car, was there any like, were there still remnants? Did you have any issues? What was? Because I, I think I remember yeah. you saying at the time, I was like, "Damn, man, this thing still smells like popcorn," or you still got. Yeah, dude, it smelled like popcorn for probably a good four to six months after, you know. But you do enough detail. Like I was, I was, I watched that car probably like once a week. You know, oh. I watched it every chance I got. There was like a, what, I, a little stuff wash. Yeah, what kind of like car was it? Stuff wash, car wash. It was an Audi S5, the, okay. the coupe, two door coupe, and it was like a little car wash up Broadway a little bit. And um, I would go out there once a week and watch the car. You know, clean the insides and 
I found this uh, leather conditioner stuff, and I would kind of clean in inside and spray all my stuff in there. You know, clean the carpets, and you know, over time it kind of it kind of you know got a, got the smell away, but the kernels would still come out every now and again. <laughs> I didn't eat popcorn for a long time. I'll tell you that. Oh my goodness! Now the other non-basketball claim to fame uh, that you have, obviously, is a um, a striking resemblance to Chance the Rapper, and uh, <laughs> you, you know this, right? I mean, I'm not. This is not news, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. So I'm just wondering, what's the best and worst experience that you've had when it comes to being mistaken for for Chance? The best one I had, he he came down to Lakewood Amphitheater in uh, Atlanta, Georgia, and um, he performed, and uh, I had on a three hat, and okay. they, yeah, I went out on stage. They introduced me though, but the way the crowd went so crazy, huh? You know, like I, I've never experienced. You know, I think it was like fifty thousand people there, maybe fifty, yeah. sixty thousand. It was a lot. Forty thousand people there, maybe. Yeah. So I've never like experienced like that kind of, you know, energy like screaming at you. You know, huh. like being in an arena, it gets pretty loud. Sure. You know, but it's like eighteen, twenty thousand people. But forty thousand people screaming at the top of their lungs. Like that was a cool moment. And then uh, another cool moment, uh we went up to uh, Chicago one summer for uh, Pete Myers' wedding. He was a coach of ours with Golden State. Yep. Uh, me, Steph, Harrison Barnes, uh, Andre Iguodala was there. So Chance uh, took us up to Sports Zone. It's like a it's like a big trampoline, like the big trampoline facilities where they got the trampolines with the basketball goals. Uh huh. We played dodgeball. So all of us played dodgeball against his people from Chicago, and we stayed up there till like four in the morning. So that was another cool, another cool instance. But I mean, other than that, like I don't, it's nothing really bad comes from it. Um, you know, we had saw it. You know, people were tweeting us back and forth like my rookie year. Right. Oh, y'all look alike. Y'all look alike. Y'all look alike. And then one day I tweeted him back. And he was like, "Dude, I was waiting for you to say something." And um, you know, you just look at you know his career and what he's done, man. It's I mean, it's just cool to you know make those kind of relationships and just watch people grow. For sure, and I, I, I think you know one of the things people often take for granted or don't take into account is like you come from a a small town, relatively small town, right? Weren't heralded coming mm-hmm. up, and now your boys with Steph, your boys with Chance the Rapper. Right. Like, do you ever kind of stop and look around and go, "Damn, man, how how this?" If you were gonna, if you were gonna say like. This is why this happened. This is what what allowed me to live this life, be living this life. What would you What would you point to? Just a lot of work, hard work, and, and just believing, man. Like you know, everything I do today is just what I know. You know, just playing hard, working hard, and you know, just going as hard as I can, and just trying to be, you know, a genuine person. Um, you know, I'm a big energy guy and, uh, you know, the world puts people in your in your life for certain reasons. And, um, you know, it's just good to capitalize on it. Like, you know, sharing a locker room with, with Steph and, you know, last year Vince Carter, this year Carmelo Anthony. Like, yeah, you know, these are guys I watched, you know, growing up. You know, even, you know, little encounters I had with Kobe down in L.A., 
you know, he won't round them much, but like, you know, that's the stuff I get to tell my kids, Jermaine O'Neal, you know, Carl Lant, like guys that played my sport at a very high level for a very long time. Like, I, I mean, being back in Kelford watching these games on like a, you know, 20 inch box TV, you know, and to actually you know, being out there on the floor with them and having conversations with them. And uh, even when Melo was in New York when I was in Atlanta playing against him all the time and, you know, we used to get into it, but now we like, you know, we talk, we laugh about it a lot. And, you know, he's like becoming a really, really good friend of mine. So like this stuff like that is, is, is why you just never should stop working. Like, yeah. I mean, regardless when the days seem the darkest or it doesn't seem like, you know, you're going to make it or whatever, just keep pushing. But I mean, something's going to come good out of it. You know, if I never play the game again, like I, I know I got some really good friends that I can, you know, call on, hang out with, play golf with Paul Millsap, Cal Corver, Al Horford, you know, Jeff T. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You guys shared the court with, you know, four all-stars, you know, like, that's I mean, at one time like that's I mean stuff you know that I said this is why you work that's why you do it sure before we continue the conversation with Kent Bazemore I want to give a shout out to our sponsor Cyclecast uh, I found Cyclecast on my own and then they became a sponsor if you're looking to make your workouts more enjoyable, more challenging, and more conducive to your busy schedule, and you're tired of having to create new playlists, and you're looking for someone to keep you motivated with new routines but on your time, you can do all that with CycleCast. It's an app that provides studio quality classes for both indoor cycling and running workouts. Now, as I said, I found CycleCast on my own. I already had a quality spin bike and I didn't want to spend a ton of money on a new bike with a video screen and all that. You know the one I'm talking about. I don't need to see a bunch of other people on spin bikes. I just needed an instructor who had an ear for music that would get me working really hard and gave me a ride plan that made me feel like I was going somewhere, both while I was in the saddle and with my overall conditioning. That's exactly what CycleCast gave me. And it did it for a ridiculously low monthly subscription. You can use the app on your iOS or Android phone, which means that you can take it with you wherever you go. Minimal battery and data use. And you can use it on any kind of bike. And they've added a running program, both indoor, on a treadmill, and outdoor. As someone who travels and has to fit my workouts around my schedule, I love that I can take CycleCast with me wherever I go and use it with any available spin bike. Look, I'm all about simple, effective, and fun, and CycleCast gives me all three with an array of instructors you're going to love. Shout out to Rachel, Shanda, Noel. I love it. I said it was a ridiculously low subscription. We're actually going to do you one better. We can help you reach your goals in 2020 or set new ones. Download the CycleCast app and then use the promotional code BUCHER, B-U-C-H-E-R, and you'll not only get their seven-day free trial, 
you'll get four free additional weeks. That's CycleCast, C-Y-C-L-E-C-A-S-T. Don't forget to use the promotional code Buker, B-U-C-H-E-R. You'll get five free weeks of guided workouts, whether you run or you ride a bike, and you'll get killer soundtracks with it as well. CycleCast. You're going to love where this app takes you. And now, back to the conversation with Kent Bazemore. Is there somebody in particular that uh, among those guys that you've become close with who you think has like the public perception from what you know is the most misleading that what Um, people think of that person is, is not like you got a different perspective because you were able to, to see them. Well, I don't, I just, uh, I think Carmelo is, he's a smart dude. Like he, like, you know, the conversations and stuff that, you know, we have over dinners and, um, you know, just his level of awareness of like what's going on around him. Uh, I don't really think people see that, you know, and I, and I say him cause his situation is the freshest yeah. on my mind. Like, you know, him missing an entire year at the, the year before that being an all-star and, um, you know, for, for someone that's been so consumed with the game, you know, from an early age to have it taken away with everything he went through in New York and, you know, Oklahoma city and Houston, you know, all that stuff to being out of the league, to coming back, you know, like it's, it's it, like I started following him uh, right before the season started and like his posts and stuff were like just so intricate and deep, you know, hmm. like it, 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 like he like reshaped his whole mentality to, you know, becoming uh, a well-rounded person and just being grateful for like what's in front of him and, and not even the game. And, um, and you can see with the passion he plays with now that he's playing from a totally different, you know, space and, that stuff, like as an athlete, you know, going through, you know, the the, the mental, you know, mental health or mental stress of, you know, being a pro athlete. That you know, you see guys rebound mentally. You know, because it's all in us physically, but if you can rebound mentally, like it just says a lot about your character and who you are. And and I think that's something that's just been within him for a very long time that a lot of people never really talked about. Where where was that mental rebound for you? I have a guess, but I, I I wonder where where was the spot where you're like where the low point or the point where like you felt your your career or your ability to be in the league you you had the most concern about hey how, how do I how do I keep this rolling? Well, it happened early on when I was at Golden State and we had a little experiment with me playing some backup point guard. Uh, we played the Pistons in Golden State, and Will Bynum was picking me up full court. Like, I couldn't get into a play. I couldn't, you know, he was just turning me. You know, every couple of jokes was turning me, and you know, I'm trying to call the plays, and he's sitting in my lap, and he was a much smaller guy than me, and I, you know. But a little bulldog, like a little more, physical dude. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was playing a little bit more upright, you know, so, um, you know, it, it was tough for me to, you know, handle that kind of stuff. And, and being a point guard in the NBA, especially on the second unit, is one of the toughest things ever because that second unit point guard is going to be a dog nine times out of ten. And he's yep. going to pick you up 94 feet regardless of who you are. So, um, and, you know, I was, I, I think I averaged like four minutes, six minutes a game. And, 
you know, I knew, you know, I, I handled myself well in like the, the B league and summer league and stuff, but you know, on the, the higher levels, you know, cause I'm six, four, six, five. And, you know, we were pretty much loaded at, you know, the wing mm-hmm. you know, guard wing position. So there wasn't really any minutes there for me. So I, I mean, I wasn't even thinking about getting traded. You know, I was just like, you know, where do I fit in on this team? Right. You know, other than coming in late, you know, getting stops. So, uh, it got a little scary then and not having a guaranteed contract. Like I didn't know any, really anything about the business side of the NBA with contracts and stuff and guaranteed contracts and what you need to do to get it guaranteed and all of that, you know, cause my agent, my agent at the time was fairly, uh, also was fairly new. You know, he had Andrew Gowlock before me, but you know, with this kind of deal, you know, it was, we were both kind of new to it. So, hmm. Uh, we just took it a day at a time and you know january 10th was a guaranteed date at the time and once you know like a week before christmas like i just started losing sleep you know like i just started freaking out with this like you know like what's next you know i turned down a a deal in the ukraine uh a deal in ukraine uh right out of college to to pursue you know uh summer league and nba training camp so I mean, you're just trying to look past, you know, what's in front of you, and yeah. you don't really see any options. Like, it's kind of scary. Sure. Uh, so, I mean, that, and then, um, you know, the first year I signed my my big contract in Atlanta, I kind of had, you know, just enough block of trying to live up to, you know, because a lot of people see what you make and they try to put your your, you know, they try to put your stats there. Like, sure. You're well, making this much. You should be averaging this. Well, but don't guys but, do that too? Don't I mean? Don't you feel like compelled? Hey, I'm getting paid this, oh, so I'm supposed sure. to be this now, and and it takes you out of your game. Yeah, for sure. Like you know, and and everyone talks about you know growing their game. You know, adding different aspects yeah. to the game. Um, I mean, you do that, but it's just uh, you. It's it's a little bit of. of you know, trying to do too much, you know, over trying. And, um, you know, it's just not a, it's just not a good balance. You know, it's just not a good mix of, you know, having that pressure and, you know, and obviously you're thinking, you know, you can pay a little bit more. Your life should be a little bit easier, but I mean, that's never, I mean, it, it's not as true as it seems, you know, you got, you know, people think, you know, family stuff when you first get in the league is crazy, but once they, you know, the world sees, you know, those kind of numbers, yeah. you know, everyone's after you then, you know, it just gets even crazier. You got, you know, people coming at you to donate, you know, to certain causes. And, right. You know, and, you know, it's just a lot, you know, it's a lot to handle. And then, you know, you get your family, and uh, you buy a house and you get married and all this stuff starts happening. And you're like, I mean, I'm up to my ears and just, you know, everything else. Right. You know, like, you know, outside of basketball and then you're trying to go out, you know, at the end of a long day and lock in, you know, for two or three hours. Like it's it's an adjustment altogether. No doubt. Take I would think it takes a lot of mental discipline and resilience right. to, to get through that. What what's the craziest uh business offer or donation? Like someone asking for your money or trying to get involved What's the what, what's the craziest one? I, Steve Young, I'm dating myself, and Steve Young, the former former uh, quarterback, said like somebody came yeah. at him with like a Mexican, like a cat farm down in Mexico or something like that. Oh wow! Yeah, um, um, yeah, like 
I don't know. I never really uh so I'm I'm like really conservative as far as, you know, branching out and venturing out and doing stuff. Um so I've never really kinda, you know, gotten those kind of crazy ass um, you know, mainly, you know, since I have a foundation, a lot of people try to um, you know, take that route, like, hey, yeah. you know, donate to, you know, uh this basketball team or you know, this young football team or, you know, it's just, you know, a lot of little things like that. And, um, I mean, nothing, I don't think I've had anything too crazy, man. Okay. I mean, honestly, I just live a little, I mean, I'm low profile and, you know, I, I mean, I think people see me in like a Whole Foods and, and I'm already bombing before they realize it was, it was me. So I, I'm just kind of, you know, low profile in that way. Got you. Um, by the way, have you, so, we talked about the the experience with the uh, the the rookie prank. Have you have you pranked any rookies, or how have you approached things as a vet uh, after having had that experience? Oh yeah, I didn't. I um, I had a hand in. Uh, I wanted to, so I wanted to, I wanted to saran wrap the rookies cars together last year in Atlanta, Kevin and Trey. Uh, I wanted to park their cars as close as possible and Saran wrap them. I bought like, like <laughs> 2,500, 2,500 square feet of, of Saran wrap. And I was going to wrap their cars together. Like just wrap them all the way together. But right. I never got a chance to do it. But, uh, yeah, as far as like rookie duties and stuff, I, I mean, I don't really, cause my, my vets were like, you know, they would take me shopping here and there and, Huh. Uh, you know, I would have to make, you know, store runs every now and again, but it wasn't, you know, I, they didn't come calling me at, you know, 3 a.m. to, you know, do something crazy. So I, I've kind of, I'm more of a, I try to be more of a mentor to the young guys more so than, you know, make them go crazy. Because it's, it's, it's an adjustment. I understand, you know, coming in as a young guy, like, you know, you don't want, you know, you got enough going on as it is trying to figure out your life. You don't want somebody freaking, you know, bullying you every day right you know, right i kind of stay away from it yeah yeah no i i, I figured that but i also you know now yeah. now that you mention it you were uh you were a high energy rook i mean yeah <laughs> i can yeah. see where oh, yeah. the vets might have been like uh you know maybe the popcorn thing wasn't the <laughs> best thing but i like now that i think about it like you were, I, I can see where you might have ruffled some feathers because nah. you just you know, yeah I, mean, I asked for it I yeah I mean, and there was it. yeah I asked for it yeah there was a positive too though because you like you made your you know you made your first claim to fame because of the energy on the bench and everything that we, you were doing there right. and um and that was a plus too I mean I guess on on some right. levels they have to appreciate that too that you were you were that energetic about the team. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I do it like I, that was always. That's always been my thing. Like I just try to do whatever I can to help the team. Like um, you know, whatever. Even if it's waving a towel or it's you know just saying we're down three zero in in Cleveland in the Eastern Conference Finals, and you know, I'm saying I still think we're the better team. I mean, we got smacked with the injury bug there late, but you know, just stuff like that. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't lose sleep over it. Like I'm just whatever my team needs, you know, I just love to win. I won in, in college. Like my first time winning the conference championship uh, was like the best 
feeling I ever had in life because you get to, you know, celebrate with everyone, you know, yeah. the video people, the, the people that pour your water bottles, the assistant coaches, the, you know, it's just everybody, the, the community, like everyone wins. So, like, I'm, I'm all about it. And, you know, that's just something I, you know, carry with me to this day. So we'll we'll wrap on this as a result of that. You uh, we're recording this after the Blazers' big win in Toronto, and you got yeah. tossed in that game after <laughs> not getting a call. And I can't remember yeah. that many times you getting ejected. What what what? Uh, that was my first time. This was your first time. I was going to say I yeah. like yeah. Um, first time. Is this a reflection of Bays just not putting up with it anymore, or is this a reflection of where the game has gone? Like, I got to tell you, Bays, and it's not you, but this is one of my issues with the league now, is guys have become mm-hmm. actors in this league. Like, there is so... Oh, uh, yeah. It used to be, that was a soccer thing. We're not flopping. Now, right. everybody's right. exaggerating right. everything. And it it really doesn't make me feel good. Like that's not that's. It's, it's I mean, sickening. I'm old school on this, but it's fooling the referee has become like a full time job in the league now. Not to say that that was what you were doing, because I, you know, right. I understand the. You know, I saw the play. I thought there was contact. I don't know what else was going on with right. you that might have flipped it, or you with the ref, or whatever. But you know, just in general, I feel like. It's gone way too far that way. So I, 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 pre, I preface, I say all that as a preface because I feel like, you know, it's really difficult to know where the refs are coming from uh, more so today in today's game than ever before. And I think some of it the players have contributed to by this overt trying to fool the referee on almost every single play. Yeah. It's, it's, they're definitely in a tough position, but, you know, I, I play with Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum and, uh, you know, as a team, we spend, we spend so much energy on, we spend so much energy on talking to the, uh, you know, the referees all night, you know, because, you know, Damian Lillard drives the ball harder than anyone. Yeah. And, uh, he doesn't really shoot a lot of free throws. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's just frustrating us as a team that that could be an advantage for us. You know, we could, you know, maximize our possessions and, you know, get, you know, a bunch of extra points, you know, if he was getting to the free throw line. And teams would have to guard him differently. They guard him very, very physical. You yep. know, they're, they're pushing him, they're hitting him, they're holding him. So, you know, last night was just a culprit of everything. You know, you know I spent a lot of energy. You know, I got 12 technicals last year. So, I came into this season and said, you know, I'm not going to be that guy this year. So I spent a lot of energy, you know, trying to calm those guys down. Hmm. And I was getting, you know, I got clobbered a couple couple times early in the game and, um, you know, mixed in with other things. And I just kind of, you know, expressed myself and just got ejected for it. But, um, you know, and sometimes you got to sacrifice yourself. You know, we, we were kind of frustrated all night, you know, as a team. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, you know, we weren't getting – you know, I'll do diligence. So you, know, you got to sacrifice yourself and, you know, try to get them to respect you a little bit. And, yeah. Uh, you know, we end up getting the win. So uh, after the game, I was in the hallway. You know, I met my guys out there in the hallway and, you know, that them out was a big win for us. Yeah. Well, and uh, yeah, ultimately it worked. And I think there are times when, especially a guy like you who, as you said, doesn't get tossed – 
and you make your feelings known, the refs are, are, are going to take that under advisement and go, okay, we got to, maybe, maybe we got to, we got to play this a little more uh, fair yeah. or close, not necessarily to doing it intentionally, but maybe, maybe right. we got to, we got to give them a, a, a solid because uh, we were, we, we weren't on the beam. Yeah. Yeah. I learned that from uh, Greg Popovich. He does it. He does it really well. Yes. He'll get tossed, and then the game turns. It's like, oh boy, here we go. Like yeah. even when he gets tossed, he knows something's coming. Like, yeah. Yeah. It never fails. Yeah. All right, uh, yeah. Base. As always, thank you so much for taking the time. I was looking forward to this. Did not disappoint. Wish you the best going forward. Sure. Hope the the Blazers are able to turn this thing. You guys can get healthy and get rolling. I fully yeah. expect that you guys are going to make a run before the season is out. So, uh, but thank oh, you yeah. for taking the time. And uh, in the meantime, be safe. Yes, sir. Thank you, Rick. You got it. All right. That does it for this episode of Buker and Friends. Hope you enjoyed the conversation with Kent Bazemore. In our next podcast, I will be joined by Will Blackman, NFL vet, Super Bowl champ. We'll discuss all the coaching changes in the NFL as well as the events of the divisional round of the playoffs in the NFL. Don't forget to please rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want us to do something for you, please send a screenshot of that review to at Buker Friends and you'll be eligible to win some prizes. In the meantime, as always, thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.